You are listening to Champions for NorCal Kids, brought to you by First 5 Shasta, First 5 Tehama, KIXE Channel 9, and Expect More Tehama. I'm your co-host, Wendy Dickens, Executive Director, First 5 Shasta. And I'm your co-host, Heidi Mendenhall, Executive Director at First 5 Tehama. Please listen in as we highlight both the importance of and the amazing champions that work for the youngest members of our community. Our goal is to share the wealth of our community with our community. Good morning, Heidi. Hello. How are you? So good to be here. I know. I'm so excited that we get to do this. Sometimes we're not in person, so I'm glad that we're able to be right next to each other to talk about things and have some fun with one another. Yes. So we decided to talk about big feelings today. Yes, there's lots of big feelings, big feelings. And I think it's just uh, both of us have thought about big feelings. Yeah. And we have thought about um, how important it is to allow children to have big feelings and how important it is in every environment they are in for the adults in that environment to allow them to have the big feelings and to help them through those big feelings, but to model to other children how to help someone through big feelings and that it's okay to have big feelings. Because I think in our society, many times we've told people, don't cry, suck it up, buttercup, walk (laughs) it off. These are things I've said to myself. So I'm not, there's no crying in baseball last night. But sometimes there is crying crying in baseball. baseball. Sometimes you're so frustrated. You know, I, I was telling my daughter the other day, like, it's okay to cry. Uh, Because even, you know, a lot of times we feel like society's told that and it is very heavily influenced for males because otherwise you're, you know, too soft as a male. And, you know, there's other names that people call males who cry. But, you know, if you can't be in tune to your emotions and work through those emotions, many times they're going to come out in other ways. And that's why men often only display anger and aggression with because they don't know how to express, you know, there's a lot of research that's going on around this and there's a lot of brain development that happens when we push people's emotions down and don't allow them to Step have the right. The yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's rewind though. Let's define what a big emotion is. Okay, what does big do emotion that. mean to you? What does it mean to you? Okay. So a uh, well, big emotion can be, it, it's intense, right? And it can be positive. It can be negative. It can be angry. It can be sad. But in general, when I'm saying or talking to a parent or a teacher or my child about a big emotion. It it is an emotion that feels almost out of control to them. Which can be happy. Sometimes they yes. get so excited to become yes. overwhelmed. Yes. This is true for like right before Christmas, yes. uh, if you celebrate Christmas or right before a big holiday that you do celebrate or a birthday, if you celebrate. Those are things like kids get so overly excited. They can't sleep. Yeah. Many times they get so jittery and then they are, you know, what we view as like, acting out in, in, in ways that we hadn't experienced before. And we're thinking, what the heck is going yeah. on? Yeah. Right. Right. So it's that out of control feeling yeah. or look And So I think I tend to think of big emotions as potentially they do feel out of control, yeah. but they might not feel out of control to that human because right. they're not exactly. in their body, right? exactly. but they right. can look out of control. control. Right. So when we decided to dive in, I had had some conversations with parents recently about big feelings, and you had had conversations with educators about big feelings. So let's do educators first. How does it show up for educators? So I think for educators, many times they don't realize when they, you know, sometimes we have to reframe for ourselves when we talk about big feelings, even as educators, right? So sometimes we're like, oh, it's taking away when a teacher is focusing on helping a kid through big feelings, 
It's taking away from the learning of the other children in the room. But I think if we reframe it to it's actually helping the other children in the room learn how to manage themselves and others in the world who might be having big feelings, because we're always going to have as we grow into adulthood. How many times have you been in line or on the road and someone does something that's irritating or they show a big emotion and you're like, I don't know how to handle this. Right. Or I don't want to handle this. We, we Because we weren't taught as we were getting in you know yeah. the earliest times of our life where we're bu building those brains right and if we can teach kids earlier on in life how to maneuver through life helping others through big feelings or allowing themselves to understand others people's big feelings not only are we building empathy for yes. other people but we're helping them navigate the world in a more productive way instead of them owning the other person's big feelings they're allowing that person to have their big feelings and then they can move forward so, okay, you said a lot of things, a lot of big things there. So one <laughs> is- when, I love how you break it down. When somebody down. has a big feeling, another person in the room is going to have a feeling about that big feeling. Right. 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 And so that, so I'm sitting in the room, I'm about to do a story. I've got all my amazing little TKers on the carpet. And all of a sudden one TKer is not ready for that story and something is going on for them. And they start kicking and screaming. They're tearing the book. They don't want to sit and they are having an outburst of, you know, I, I, I some big feelings. All those other TKers are going to have a response to that. Now, right. Some of yeah. them might feel scared mm -hmm. and, and that might be because maybe in their home life, if a big feeling happens, it's not okay. Right. Some of them might feel responsible. That assistant or teacher might feel responsible. Like they're supposed to fix that big feeling, right? You might feel disrespected and wanting to shut it down, right? There's, so you we can all have these different reactions. And what you're saying is we have to notice that reaction, but we also have to at the same time, noticing our own reaction, allow that big feeling to be processed, not right. in an unsafe way, but Correct. if they're feeling right. so much frustration and so much anger, we need to let them do that safely. Right. Yes. And that is in turn modeling to others that's appropriate to have a big feeling, but we have to learn how to manage that big feeling in a more appropriate way. Yeah. Right. It's not okay to tear the book and throw it at right. your friend. It exactly. is okay to be frustrated. Let me walk you over here while you're so frustrated. Right. And, and, and taking time to, to show that, and then to show the other kids. And then, and then as the teacher, you might come back and have a bit of a little bit like, well, you know, we need to learn how to calm our bodies. So yeah. let's all take a deep yeah. breath and recalm our yeah. bodies. Cause some of us may have, you know, gotten afraid or some of us may have you just yeah. identifying those feelings for those kiddos. Um, but definitely, yes, naming yes. it naming yes. it. And I think we forget to do that even as early educators. I think early educators sometimes are more in, in tune to that. But when we're feeling our own feelings, um, I know for myself, even with my own children in grocery stores, for example, yeah. when I am there and they're, you know, when they were younger and they were wanting something and I was very clearly like, nope, we're not getting that today. You don't need that today. That's my line. And we're not, you know, that we're not doing that. Um, and then they would throw a tantrum and you're getting the looks right? Yeah. Yeah. You're getting yeah. the looks, uh, and they're having some big feelings. And I, sometimes the anxiety I would begin to feel would start to take over my response. So I needed a step and give myself a pause for a second yes. and remind myself like they're needing me to show them how to maneuver through this more appropriately, yeah. instead of me reacting in a more negative way, which I could have done because yeah. my anxiety was just building. Right. Um, it would have been helpful for me to 
you know, in any situation as the teacher or, you know, whoever it is you are to take just a brief pause. It's okay. Like there's no life situation happening, right? right. Um, as long as they're being safe. And if they're not, then you're there taking a pause, preventing them from harming someone else or themselves, right? So, it, you know, you're not being unreactive. What you are being is appropriately having, well, you know. And, and acknowledging that there's probably shame that comes into that yeah. even as the educator, right? Yeah. And if you demonstrate that, you're actually demonstrating to that child that you're afraid of their big feeling. Right. Oh, and yeah. That's afraid good, of point. That, good point. Then they're going, because they look to us, we co-regulate them. They look to us to mm -hmm. know how they should feel. Yeah. And then if I'm afraid of that, if I'm like, oh, no, uh, nope, shut it down, not now, not here, not okay, then they feel afraid of themselves and then they're not going to visit that, right? Such they're not going to let point. them open up and understand what is going on and then we can't learn and we can't learn how to un you know flip the lid so it goes yeah. back to that mirror neurons and remembering that especially two three four into five six you're still learning how to regulate your emotions and you're learning a lot about how does that mean to have a big feeling and then bring yourself back down to a normal baseline um and so if we are always reactionary when they're having a big feeling they don't learn how to close that flip lid and and hopefully people know what that flip lid yeah. means when i say that but basically what i'm saying is that you know our brain does a certain process when we're doing anything but emotions come through the brain, just like any other receptor comes through the brain and it goes through your brain stem first, and then it gets processed through, you know, the amygdala, which is really important for us to understand the amygdala is the control center for emotions. Basically it's, this is a very simplistic. And it's also identifying know. as a scary or not scary, right? The amygdala yes. does that assessment yes. for us. Right. So as it's processing up through the amygdala and the emotions, we're trying to figure out Am I scared? Am I not scared? Am I safe? Am I right. not safe? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Right. So the yeah. environment first created a reaction that went through the brainstem into the amygdala, which said, is this good? Not good? Safe? Unsafe? Do yeah. I need to have a feeling? Do I not need to have a feeling? I'm frustrated now. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And we know that the frontal lobe, which is the logic part of our brain, isn't fully developed. Doesn't mean there isn't anything there, but it isn't fully developed until we're into our mid-20s. Um, and so if we're thinking about flipped lids, that means there's no processing in the logic part of the brain that's happening. And it's just emotion being spewed out. And so we have to help them bring back, even though it's a small portion of the mm -hmm. frontal lobe yeah, to yeah. that logic part of where, oh, I'm a safe, I am safe. Yeah. This is okay. Things will be better. And we can't help them learn that if we're never modeling it ourselves, if we're never being appropriate when we, re when we're helping them through it. Right. If we're always having our own big emotions, when they're having their big emotions. Right. And if they're looking to us and we look afraid, then they are going to assess their situation as afraid and fear. And then that access is a whole different realm of how they're going to react. I right? love that because they're not thinking you are looking afraid because of them. They're thinking I'm reacting well, yeah. because this is a, this is afraid. This should be a scary. Yeah. This is scary. And so you mentioned when we were talking about this, that sometimes we say, we think about it through the lens of, well, we need to shut down this big feeling because it's harming the rest of the class. Yeah, yeah. But the flip side of that is it's giving all of us opportunity to, to learn yes. about big emotions and what that looks like. What do kids learn? How do kids learn best? 
modeling, right? Like they learn because they see things happening. They're always vigilant about what's going on in their environment. That's why they're always looking around to all the other adults in the room when they're at, you know, you can tell when they're at restaurants and they're looking over because they're trying to observe the rest of their environment. And so if we're not modeling that, then we're not going to help them learn to come through those big feelings either, right? So you also said maybe when you come back together, you might talk about it. Like, how would you frame that? Like, wow, that was really big, huh? You that I kind of wasn't sure how to process that. I'm glad we sat together and and gave, you know, Timmy the space to do that. Or, you know, what if, like, what well, give us some sentences that you might say as that teacher? So what I might say is that, wow, wow that yeah. was big, huh? And, <laughs> you know, I think maybe we all might have had some feelings because of those feelings. So let's just take a pause. Let's take a deep breath. And let's think about how did we feel? And you know what? Whatever you were feeling is okay. So what do you notice in your body? Yeah. What are you noticing in your body? And, you know, depending on how in-depth you want to get or if you need to move on, you know, I might continue the conversation if it looks to me like there are kids who are still not able to kind of bring themselves to their own baseline. You should be able to read your classroom a little bit around, you know, even fours, you know, are they fidgetier? You know, are they more fidgety now? Are they like restless? And so letting them sit and take a, a second and just say, feel your body. Let's, you know, let's calm our bodies. You know, let's blow our bubbles. Let's yeah. catch, you know what I mean? Like, and, and we're all learning. So yeah. we're learning together, yeah. right? We're all here. We're for all here for each other yeah. to learn. And, and again, you're building, and we need this in our communities and society, empathy for one another. You're building them learning how to regulate themselves and their own emotions because they're going to have had some, like you mentioned earlier, feelings about what they just witnessed, yeah. but you're not taking that kid out of the equation completely because now when we do that, when we separate kids out, Uh, we actually are creating harm for everyone in the environment because we're saying they're separate because they had a big feeling. So don't you have a big feeling or you're going to be separate. Not that we don't take them and hold space for them in a place where it's going to be safer. But what we tend to want to do is remove them from the group completely without addressing it and, and just move on and ignoring the behavior. And I'm not talking about just you know, when we do need to ignore a behavior because it's um, necessary to help others understand you're not going to get attention for negative things. But when it's a big feeling or big emotion, that's a different situation, right? You're saying, yeah, at that moment, what we need is connection and empathy, Right. right? Because we, what's happening is that they are not regulated, we need to let them know it's okay that they are safe and that we we got them. We'll co-regulate for you and not to be scared of whatever else, what, what is going on here. Now, in that scenario that we just described, there is a lot of, um, there's a power differential. There's teacher and there's child, right? Right. And the same is true if we talk about parents. Um, I, I think I mentioned um, a few a few ago that I had had a hard time and I was feeling some big, sad emotions. Yes, right? you were. I yes, you were. Sad emotions. And my kids came to me. Now, in that instance, their job is not to regulate, to regulate you. Right? Exactly, exactly. But because I have modeled for them, they got down and I was able to identify like, I'm just sad. I'm not yeah. sad for you. I'm sad because I've had a loss and I'm just feeling sad and I'm just going to feel it. Right? right. So I'm modeling that it's sometimes okay just to feel the feelings, like right. just to go through this tunnel of yeah. big. And because I have co-regulated them or they've had other people, amazing people in their life co-regulated them. They sat with me almost as if they were going to co-regulate me. Now, 
I am sharing this because there is some, there's a line here where right. we don't want to ask our children to co-regulate. They should not feel responsible feelings. for our big feelings. Yes. Correct. And that's yes. the other piece to being even a professional in the room, right? You, your kids are not responsible for co-regulating your own feelings. And even my uh, older children, when I've been super sad and they come alongside me, I want them to show empathy, but I remind them it's not your responsibility right. to make me feel differently right. than I'm feeling right now. And right. it's okay for me to feel just like, it's okay for you right. to feel. And I don't have to protect you from right. my feeling this way. It's right. okay for you to know. I feel this sad because yes. we were talking about, you were trying to make a decision on how much do I share right. about my yeah. feelings. Yeah. Right. And it's like, this is, it's the same, the same opportunity for those kids in the circle as the opportunity for my your own children, yeah, exactly. your teenage children, yes. right? The problems just get a little bit more real and a little bit more lifelike and adult-like, but we are modeling to them that it is okay for somebody you love to have a really big feeling and you are not responsible for fixing it, but you can feel it with them. And I think that right. if, I mean, I just think about what the world could look like if we were all able to have these big feelings and not try and fix and solve or put a block on them. And we just were able to go through them. Um, you know, there's a really great quote about dehumanizing and, and one of the, oh, we'll have to get it. It's a Brene Brown quote, but it's something to the effect of when we are not able to empathize anymore, then we other, and then we dehumanize, right? But if we're able to just be in it and right. just feel, then it's okay. Like right. then, then we can have these big feelings and move on. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I love Brene. I know. I love Brene Brown yeah. too. So, you know, but she does have a lot of those kinds of conversations. She's yeah. a lot of research. And when we talk about research, much of the research that we often refer to is some of the, not all of it, but some of it comes from Brene Brown and a lot of the pieces and parts that she's done a great job of really looking into and finding out how we as you know, people in an environment feel a certain way and then move through that. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think she talks a lot about courage and bravery yeah. and, you know, I think, um, for us as adults, it's so important to remember to model appropriate moving through and passing through yes. of an emotion, which you kind of described, right. It's okay as a parent to set and be, you know, it's a little different for a professional in that you need to be mindful. These aren't your own children that you are um, helping um, learn and helping, you know, develop into uh, different people. But what you are is a mom or a dad or a, you know, um, care provider that is close to the child is somebody to model how it's okay for you to have the feeling and move through it without always making it about having someone else do that for you. Yeah. Right. Cause that's the other piece too. Like we want kids to be able to become self-sufficient in many, many ways. Right. And not needing someone to co-regulate you all the time is important. Yeah. Learning a, how to bring process. yourself down. A and journey, it is a process, a journey. That. And we sometimes have a, a, an expectation for children that we don't have for ourselves. And what I mean by that is we often want them to co-regulate sooner than they have the capacity to do so. But also, for example, when we want them, and I'm not promoting like they stay in your bed and sleep in your bed, but I mean, when we want them to sleep in their bed, we forget that when they're afraid at night, they don't have someone next to them. And often we do as adults, right? And we don't have the same kind of um, they don't have the same kind of ability to reach out to somebody right. like we do as an adult. And sometimes we just need our friends and sometimes they, they just, just need, need their friends. Yeah, that eight hours a day yeah. just gets turned off. Yeah. 
So um, one other thing I wanted to circle back to is around parents and, and their kiddos with big feelings. Yeah. So I had a, a parent ask me um, of a three-year-old, she's like, oh, I'm going to need to talk to you. My three-year-old's been just like really exploding lately, like really in that, you know, tantruming stage and which um, side note, this is a, like a, a PSA. We all think about the terrible twos. No, threes <sighs> is when it comes to fruition because they get their autonomy and the ability to really do this. So if you are a three-year-old parent and you're struggling, like that's okay. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and I really, <laughs> and I always say this when I'm teaching my child and adolescent development class that I teach, I always say we need to reframe terrible twos. Yeah because it's developmentally appropriate for them to be trying to begin to explore. And it usually is later twos, early threes, right? right? right. Not even twos. So, you know, people will say, well, it wasn't the terrible twos for me. It was the terrible threes. Well, it's not terrible. It's It's actually really great that they're doing this because they're beginning to explore their environment in new and opportune ways, right? And, And it's going to build them into the people they need to be for right. the community and the agency future, right? and decision-making. Yes. Yes. So she is this really mindful, intentional human, and she's doing everything and trying to read everything and frame things and think about shaping behavior. Think about, well, I'm giving choices. I'm trying to say you can do this or this, but it's, you know, before I know it, he is so upset that we're zero to 10. And she's like, I know that when he's at a 10, I can't talk to yeah, him. I you definitely can't. Can. No. <laughs> Like, yeah, right. right? You just yeah. you can't. That's You're not like, there. Yeah. Correct. You are absolutely correct. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, and I just, you know, she's having trouble identifying kind of the before it gets to 10, right? Because that's right. where we're trying to upstream it. Um, and so we were just having this great conversation about it. And she's like, but I ha- I got this idea and I did it and it kind of worked. I videoed him during his 10 moments and I showed it to him and he didn't like it. And I said, yeah, it scares mommy too when you're like that. And so we sat with that for a little bit and I was like, you know, I really appreciate the effort, right? And that's really an interesting notion. I said, what do you think it feels like for him to have you scared? Right. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, right. Cause we don't want to let him be afraid of that. Right. And she's like, oh yeah. So then we, we talked about some more, some other strategies around just putting more connection time in, but we don't know when that 10 is going to happen. Right. Cause right, you can't right. predict you it. Can't predict those things. But what it does is help your bucket be more full so you can handle that 10 moment right. more. Right. Right. And I really appreciate this mom because she was so open to being really reflective and thinking about, you know, we were giggling and she's like, I know I was doing it wrong. I'm like, you're not, not doing, doing it, it wrong. wrong. There's, there's no right or wrong. No, we're not, not, you know, wrong. imperfect people anyway, yeah. so, but it's not a right or wrong. It's just reminding and reflecting it. When I used to help with grief, counseling. And I did all the littles for grief counseling and helping parents understand how to support while they were grieving their own children, which is a difficult place to be, right? Like if you're grieving as a parent, it's really hard to manage and help a child through their grief. Um, if it's because you've lost a a significant person together. And, um, and sometimes you as the adult in that world do need during those big emotions, because they're emotions that can sometimes turn you into kind of a a siloed piece of person, right? And so you need to ask for assistance sometimes to help that child through some of that, but you really do need to be there for your child, right? And, And what you do and don't say, right? So one of the things we'd always talk about is just thinking about the language, because if you, while it's okay for them to see you move through an emotion, if you're talking about the emotion as it reflects upon them, I'm afraid of that. Or, or it reflects upon, you know, the person that you lost or the person that died. If you're using euphemisms like 
they you know went to sleep for a long time or they right now right, we're now we're afraid to go to sleep yeah. so you can create more fear my point was that you can yes. create more fear in all of this than necessary because yeah. if you're afraid of them when they do that you know it's different than saying you know i'm afraid that you're going to hurt yourself right well, and honestly, that is where a lot of, and for this particular parent we were talking about, she's like, I just, I'm afraid that I'm developing somebody who's not going to be able to, you know, maintain in a classroom or maintain at school or, you know, is going to be, you know, in trouble with the law because they're so angry. And it's like, no, he's three. Right. Right. We're, we don't, we're not afraid for when he's 21. We're just dealing with this appropriate emotion. <laughs> I mean, while it's always good to think about the future, right? that's a little yeah. too, that's a little too far. We go yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we have so much yeah. pressure. We do. We do. On and creating this. Yes. Yeah. And we need to be mindful of that too. Again, we're not perfect. We're not, you know, but our kids are going to have these. And as we're moving and helping them through, if we're helping them in the best way possible and the best way we know how, when they turn 21, it's going to be fine. But let's not think, oh, he's doing this now at three. He's going to do this at 21 because yeah. that's not necessary. You know, that's not true. Right. You know, I, I think we need to really be thoughtful and mindful that we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves um, when big feelings happen. Right. And that we are doing the best we can to help ourselves and our child. Um, through that big feeling in a way that in result is they get to baseline, you get to baseline, right? Like that's the whole end result is to help them when it's a feeling, even overexcitement, right? Like how do we help kids in overexcitement? We talked a little bit about this in, you know, um, my psychopathology class, like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? Because too, too high a highs is also not a good thing um, and creates other things. But we don't want to block the pathway to joy and right, happiness. Exactly. Right, exactly. We don't want yeah. to squelch people's happiness. I think that should be our next one. Let's talk about joy next. Let's I talk love about our joy. pathway to joy. Yes, pathways to joy. We will, we will. Okay. Well, <laughs> what are some main points that you want to make sure you reiterate about parents with their children and big I feelings. think the thing that has been like universally hitting me and that I've done in my life and, and professional life and, and with folks I'm having conversations with is to to acknowledge big feelings as what they are and not be afraid of them, mm -hmm. to not model fear, to not personally feel fear, but to just like know that what is right now is not forever and that I'm in this moment and then that's okay. Yes. And I and I just want to circle back around to sometimes you cannot predict the tens, yeah, right? Like you sometimes you cannot. So you do need to be filling your bucket as a parent um, or a professional um, because sometimes you know what's kind of going to trigger a kid, but a lot of times you do not know. They, they, you allow them to pick out the socks. Now they're crying over the socks they picked out that morning. And you're like, what the heck? You got to choose these socks. I don't understand. <laughs> that's, the, that's the example that Liz might have yeah. You know, you got to pick not sure why we're upset right now right you know but we don't know so and they probably don't either so it's just remembering that you don't always have foreknowledge of when it's going to happen but just be prepared by thinking about how would you so you know in a proactive way how would you help them through that right love so. it thanks for joining us thank um, you thank you send in what you want us to talk about we're really enjoying these these chats and we'd love to have some topics from you Champions for NorCal Kids is grateful for the continued sponsorship from KIXE Channel 9 and Expect More Tehama. Remember to like and subscribe to be notified for upcoming podcasts and visit our websites for any additional information, resources, or needs. They are listed in the podcast description. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Please plan to join us next time. Remember, it only takes one person in a child's life to make a difference in building resilience. Will you be that person?